Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Leah Walsh, and this is Rosette, the podcast. It's Leah here, and thank you so, so much for joining us today. You guys, you guys, this podcast has been so much fun, but you have made it so much more fun by going bananas over it, and I'm just loving it, and thank you so, so much for your support. It's, oh, it's, I'm over the moon. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I, like, there are no words, so I, I guess I won't try, but thank you so, so much. And I'm glad that you're joining me today. Thank you for downloading and listening. This is episode two in a series of 10 that I'm doing on the 10 principles of fair trade. And today we're talking about the second principle, which is transparency and accountability. And I want to be super transparent and say, I can see right through you. I know you love this podcast. I know you want to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review. So please do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so lots of you have been doing that. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. It makes a huge difference because I am a tiny independent podcast. So the fact that I'm like going to have, if I'm going to have any chance to compete with the big guys, I really need your help on this. So um, please do subscribe. Please do make sure that you're leaving a five-star review and yeah. And always, as always, you know, please email me at podcast at rosettenetwork.com. If you have any like questions, if you have any feedback, if you want to ask for, you know, what kind of guests or topics we should be covering in future episodes. Um, Yeah, I will do my best to fulfill all of your podcast desires because you've made my little podcast so much fun and I really appreciate your support. So thank you so much again. Um, I'm going to jump in to the second principle of fair trade transparency and accountability. And for anybody who is not sure what that means, I'm just going to really quickly talk about what that actually means as a concept. So the idea of transparency, of course, is um, it's it's like, is it transparent? Like, can you see through it sort of in this conceptual way? So like, can you actually see what is there? Or is it like somebody's got this big steel door slammed in your face and you can't see anything that's behind it? You know, that's sort of what we're talking about with transparency in that figurative sense of like, can you see the business practices that this company has in place? Can you see what's behind the curtain or can you not? Is it really locked up? Is this like a Fort Knox situation where like you ask them questions and they're like, no, no, we can't talk about that. So accountability is a little bit different, but in terms of transparency, that's really what we're talking about is basically an, a piece related to how how well we can access the information. Accountability is basically related to transparency, but not the same thing. So accountability is going to be, can you put things in place where you are held responsible for the things that you do? So the reason it's related to transparency is that we won't know what things you're doing if we can't see what you're doing, right? So the transparency is necessary for accountability. Um, But accountability isn't necessarily required for transparency. 
So accountability says, okay, we can see you're doing A, B, and C. So we're going to hold you responsible for those things, whether they're good or bad. So really taking your time to make sure that the choices that you're making in your business or in your uh, farmer cooperative or whatever it is, are really in line with how you want to be perceived. So being really like open, honest, and owning the things that you're doing really and being responsible for them and being able to um, take responsibility for them if anyone, you know, wants to discuss them with you or what have you. So that's sort of what transparency and accountability is as an idea. <laughs> I know it just took me like five minutes just to explain the title of the show, essentially. Um, but it's it's important because to understand what that looks like in practice, it's good to know what the end goal is. Really, the end goal is to hold people responsible for what they're doing. And the transparency is really a big piece of that. The best way I like to sort of illustrate this in a nutshell is that if you call up a big chocolate company, I'm listen, I'm not naming names. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that brazen yet. I'll get there, I'm sure. But I'm not naming names yet. So you call up a big chocolate company. I'm talking about like a not a fair trade company, just like a big like mass produced chocolate company. And you call them and you say, "Hey, like where does your cocoa come from?" And you'll probably get an answer something like this. Oh, yes. Well, it's very sustainably grown and it's it's uh, it comes from our partners in West Africa. And you'll say, well, OK, but where in West Africa? You know, that's a region, not a country. What like what do you mean by sustainable? And they don't tend to have great answers to these questions, whereas you call up you know, let's say a, a, a small fair trade organic company, like, like I'll use Camino as an example, because they're local to me and we love Camino. So Camino, you call them up and you say, Hey, like, where's your cocoa from? And they'll be like, Oh, the, the cocoa from that bar is from this co-op in this country. And don't worry, Luis's wife just had the baby. They're both doing great. It's just a complete different, it's a complete different kind of like, feel, you know, it's like one is incredibly human and incredibly connected. And that's sort of what we're going for in fair trade is that sort of like, available information of like, we are recognizing that these are other humans, and we have a relationship with them in some way, because we can see what they're doing, and we can see their humanity. When we haven't got that transparency, when you call up that huge chocolate company that's really disconnected, it's really hard for you to know who halfway across the world is making your stuff, much less care about their well-being. If you can't, if, it, if it's out of sight, out of mind, it's really a lot harder to, to connect those dots for you, even rationally, but particularly emotionally. Whereas if you're like, oh, I've like actually seen videos of Camino visiting their cocoa producers and like, I want this guy to, you know, have a good life and I want his kids to go to school and stuff like that. It's really a lot easier for us to maintain that human connection. And that's the kind of connection that fair trade is really trying to go for. So what does transparency and accountability really mean? Well, in one sense, Transparency and accountability is about being open and honest to customers. So if, for example, I'm going to go buy a chocolate bar, I can look at the package and I can see where it's from, how it was made. Everything on the package is honest and 
you know, presented in a, not a deceptive way. If I call up the company, I can ask them questions and they will answer my questions and they'll answer them thoroughly in ways that suggest that they do not have anything to hide. And if I'm asking about sourcing the supply chain, any of that, that they have concrete information about it. So it is that phone call to Camino. Where's your cocoa from? Oh, it's from this cooperative in Peru specifically. And they can tell me that. And that is sort of what we're looking for in terms of transparency. We really want to be able to trace every step of the way. And there's a really cool thing. If you ever have Ethical Bean Coffee, which is uh, one of the Canadian coffee companies that I've had the pleasure of uh, of interacting with many times in my fair trade career, but they are really great for this because on their coffee packages, there's a little QR code. And you can actually take your phone and scan the QR code and it will tell you not just what region that coffee is from. It will tell you specifically what farm that coffee is from. So many, many fair trade coffee brands, they're sourcing from small holders that have like a just a small plot of land. But what they do is they bought they band together with a lot of other farmers that are that have small plots of land and they will all sort of pool their resources and create a cooperative. And because that cooperative then includes many farmers and they have a lot more collective resources, then they have a better chance of being able to supply tons of coffee to a big buyer. Whereas if this one guy was by himself, you know, in the hills of Guatemala or whatever, he would just sort of have to sell to whoever because he wouldn't have maybe the background, the knowledge, the access to information, the access to buyers, the access to maybe vehicles to get to market properly. You know, any of this stuff could impact his ability to sell to a good buyer. Whereas now that he's in a cooperative, they now have the collective knowledge of all the farmers in the cooperative. They have the collective financial resources and they have the ability to share information with each other about like, hey, last season I tried this and my my yield was way better. You can do it too. And now everyone in the cooperative can benefit from that information. So this kind of idea of sharing and being like very connected and making sure that, you know, that's really at the heart of what we're doing is very human. That doesn't mean it has to be everyone sort of lumped into a mass that is indistinguishable because you can still scan the back of that coffee bag from ethical bean. And you can still see that it was Luis's farm, not Miguel's beside it that produced that Colombian roast or whatever it, I don't know what their roasts are called, but this is, this is really how nitty gritty the detail you can get into if you just insist on transparency, on understanding where things come from and documenting that. A lot of it is about documentation. And that brings me into a, a related element of the transparency and accountability, which is that fair trade producers, fair trade businesses, everybody along the supply chain of fair trade products is subjected to regular audits. If you're a company and you want to put a fair trade logo on your product, there is a fee that you pay. And so depending on the size of the company, that fee could be humongous or it could be tiny. It really depends on how many uh, products they sell in a year and so on. But that fee goes towards things like being able to 
send somebody to the actual place of business where that company is operating and saying, okay, let me see your documentation of like, how much cocoa did you buy this year from the suppliers? How much did you pay them for that cocoa to make sure that it's in line with the fair trade uh, standards and all of that stuff? We'll get into pricing and everything later on. That's not the second principle. Today's the second principle. <laughs> patience, patience. But it's it's got to be all documented. You have to know, you know, from which producers did you buy how much cocoa? From which producers did you buy how much coffee? From which producers did you buy sugar? Which which did you buy? And to have all of that documented and how much you bought and how much you paid them for it. The other thing too is when you have a situation where there's that kind of transparency and accountability, then it makes for a really great trade relationship because you're not constantly having this producer feeling like you're lying to them and you're just going to swindle them and, and so on. There's a lot more goodwill that you see happening between producer and buyer, which often in this case would be a company. So what that has as a benefit as well is that you see a lot of really long-term relationships. So like there are producers that work with Camino who have been working with Camino since Camino started. And so, and, and just to be clear, that's over 20 years ago. <laughs> so these are like really long-term relationships. And so if you're having a really like accountable and a really transparent relationship with your producers, then that can really go a long way to help set up those, those relationships. And that's good for everybody. It's good for the company because now Camino knows exactly what quality of sugar, coffee, cocoa, whatever they're getting, because they've been getting it from the same person for 20 years. And now the producer is sure that they're going to have that steady income every year because they've had that relationship for 20 years. So it's just a, a really great way to, to build those relationships as well is just that honesty and transparency. And finally, I just want to touch really quickly on another element of transparency and accountability, which is that when it comes to decision making, fair trade's very democratic. And so it doesn't matter what level we're talking about, there's a lot of people in the fair trade system who are functioning in sort of a democratic decision making process. You can go right up to the top of like Fairtrade International, who is one of the biggest certifier, I think the biggest certifier of fair trade products in the world. And their board is made up partly of, of producers. So producers then are able to be representatives on the board to make decisions. And so when they're voting, there's a voice of a producer on the board. And they don't have to worry about leaving the producers behind because they've got them right there in the room. That is really crucial to the kind of transparency and accountability that we need in fair trade to make sure that producers are not left behind. So if you've got someone in the room, they have their voice heard, and then people are voting based on the all of the information, actually having information from producers, then a lot better decisions are made. And from the top, the very top, we have this board, and then we have from there, these producer groups as well, and companies coming back again. I mean, Camino is going <laughs> to, listen, this is not sponsored. I'm not sponsored by Camino today, but 
they're a good example and they're local and I love them. So I'm going to use them a lot. Camino is an Ottawa based worker cooperative. So what that means is that when they are coming to the end of the year and they have their general meeting and everything, all of the people who work there are also owners in the company. They are a worker cooperative. So in order to work there, you are also sort of a part owner in the business. And so general meetings are a lot more interesting when everyone has a little bit of skin in the game. It's not just some person at the top of the the pile saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. This we're going to do. You do this, you do this, you do this. This is a very collaborative and democratic process. And so from the international fair trade international board, we've got worker cooperatives like Camino, where even the business model is a cooperative model. And then we have perhaps most importantly, I would say most importantly, producer cooperatives. So earlier when we were talking about that one guy alone in the hills growing coffee, but then also there are all these fair trade producers now who are these single people on smallholder farms that are banding with surrounding farms and making these rather large co-ops. They pool their resources, they pool all of their information, their monies, their um, their skill sets, all of these different things can be pooled together and they're a lot more successful. Well, that also applies to decision making. So all of the same perks that we get from having a democratic process in the Fair Trade International Board or in, say, Camino's boardroom, we can bring all of those benefits too right into the cooperative because when they're making decisions about things, they decide democratically. They have meetings where they can say, okay, what do we want to do with our fair trade premium? They have a meeting and they vote and it's democratic. So all of this stuff is part of transparency. It's part of being able to contact the cooperative in uh, Honduras and say, can I please see the notes from the general meeting where you decided what you wanted to do with the premium and being able to provide that. All of these documentations are thought, are taken into consideration when there's the audits that happen. So if you have your regular audits, there's going to be someone from, say, Fairtrade International coming and saying, okay, you're going to have all of these standards that you have to hit and we're going to see, you know, to make sure that you are. And people have been decertified. There have been people in the Fairtrade International system who just are not certified anymore because they were audited and they did not pass. And so that is sort of the ultimate of accountability, where it's like, okay, these are the things you have to do. And if you don't do them, then you are not in the fair trade system. So that's a that's a really key element of fair trade is that kind of accountability. Now, I think it's important. This is not the topic of today, but I think it's important to touch on that we are going to be talking in a future episode about the payment of a fair price, which is absolutely essential in order for all of those standards to be met. So they're not just turning up at some impoverished farmer's farm and being like, you have to do all of these incredibly expensive things and you're not doing them, therefore you're you're getting kicked out. They are turning up with reasonable expectations and with the understanding that a fair price is going to be paid for those for those farmers um, produce. So this is all supported then by the price that they receive for their produce in the end. And of course, there are supports on the way, but this is all stuff that we'll get into in future episodes. I just wanted to preface it because I know it can sound incredibly harsh to say you didn't do all the things that are much more expensive to do than 
unethical things. <laughs> Therefore, you're not allowed to be in fair trade anymore. I just wanted to specify that there, it is a very reasonable system, and we will get into all the reasons why there are lots of supports and, and all of those things for producers. And I did say that you can get decertified, and I gave a producer as an example, but I actually do have personal knowledge of a business that was decertified as well. So you can get decertified as a business also. I'm not going to name names. It's the the story was actually really confusing and really long and I'm not here to to, you know, sling mud at a business that I feel is still doing really great work. But there's absolutely ways that businesses can get decertified and that is in place because we really do want these standards to be followed because it's important that the company follow them. If they don't follow them, then they don't get the benefits of being able to say, hey, look, I'm a I'm an ethical product. So I don't know if you could tell that I'm really passionate about this particular <laughs> principle of fair trade. I think it's really important. And I think honestly, a lot of other principles tie into it. And so it really does get me pretty fired up in a good way, because I feel really passionate about the good work that's being done in terms of transparency and accountability. But if you want to learn a little bit more about transparency and accountability, I have a blog post on the Rosette Fairtrade website that I'm going to link in the show notes. So you can check that out. It's a little bit more detailed, gives like an actual case study and everything. And basically, yeah, we're going to we're going to continue with the the 10 principles of fair trade and uh, probably we won't touch on too too much more about the transparency and accountability but I do imagine it will at least come up in passing in most of the other uh, fair trade principles so it is it is hugely important within fair trade and it really makes a lot of the other principles possible so that's about it for today. And I really want to thank you for downloading and listening. Thank you so, so much. I have had so much fun making this podcast and you guys have been so supportive. Thank you so much. I, like, I don't even, I, I just want to say thank you a thousand times, but like you would be really bored listening to me say thank you a thousand times, but <laughs> truly thank you so much. And I really can't wait to see you in the next episode. Please do go to the Apple Podcasts subscribe and give me a five star rating if you haven't already done so because it really helps so much because I am truly just a little guy in a big pond. And uh, it really helps me to stand out a little bit against those more established podcasts. So I really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye bye.